What's going on, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the NFL Takeover Podcast, brought to you by the Takeover Sports Network. I'm your host, Chris LaValle. We have an exciting show for you today, but before we can do that, we got to talk about our buddies over at Prize Picks, and they have a special offer for our, all of our listeners and viewers, new users that use and deposit the promo code Takeover, will receive 100% instant deposit match of up to $100. Prize Picks is the fun and easy way to play daily fantasy. You pick two to five players and an over/under in their projections, and you can win up to ten times in any entry. Prize Picks has a ton of stats to choose from, including points, rebounds, assists, three points made, fantasy points, and more. Prize Picks offers. Every sport you can think of, like the NFL, college football, NBA, MLB, soccer, MMA, and more. Prize picks also allows mixed sports entries. For example, you can take the over on Steph Curry's points, combined with the under on Aaron Rodgers' passing yards in the same entry. Prize picks has an award-winning, easy-to-use mobile app, which you can find both on the App Store and Google Play, and entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It is that easy. So if you're looking for a fun and easy way to play daily fantasy, be sure to check out Prize Picks and don't forget to use the promo code TAKEOVER so that they know that we sent you that is Prize Picks. Promo code TAKEOVER. All right, let's hop right into the show. So we've got a bunch of games to talk about. There's a lot a lot of playoff berth that were clinched uh, this weekend. So we're going to kick it off with the Giants that clinched the playoffs in embarrassing fashion for the Indianapolis Colts, 38-10. to 10. Daniel Jones was 19-24 and 24 for 177 yards, two touchdowns. He also added 91 rushing yards and two DDs. Nick Foles was 8-13 of 13 for 81 yards, a touchdown and an interception, which ended up being a pick six, his second in two weeks because Nick Foles is – horrendous at football. Sam Ellinger was 9 of 14 in substitution for Foles, uh, who ended up getting injured. He had 60 yards and a touchdown. The Giants cleansed the playoffs for the first time since 2016. Daniel Jones was sensational once again this season. Daniel Jones has played himself into a long-term contract, I believe anyway, for the New York Giants. Uh, This Giants team is going to be a tough out. And if they're able to face off against the Minnesota Vikings and not the 49ers in the wild card round, don't be shocked when you see the New York Giants playing in the divisional round. This team is that dangerous. They're that good. Uh, Like I said, Daniel Jones, I think, has proven to be a franchise quarterback. I know there's a thousand questions coming into this season. A lot of people thought the Giants were ready to move on from Daniel Jones. I think Jones is the guy. I think Jones has been the guy for a long time. I've been saying it for years. Uh, I just said, just give the guy some talent. Once you give the guy some talent, you never know. You might actually find somebody. You might actually realize how talented this dude really is. Uh, And Brian Dable, by the way, is coach of the year. I don't even think it's close. Um, I I think he is hands down coach of the year, and he deserves it. Uh, The Colts are a train wreck. Thank God the season is almost over. Uh, It has been a a rough one uh, for Colts fans. So I'm just looking forward to the end of the season. And, uh, you know, hopefully uh, they, they do pretty well in the draft or maybe they won't do well in the draft and uh, we can uh, tank for a Caleb Williams in two years. All right, moving on. The Bucks clinched the division as they topped the Panthers 30-24. to 24. Tom Brady was 34-45 for 432 yards and three touchdowns. Sam Darnold was 23-37 for 341 yards, three touchdowns and a pick. Michael Myers, I mean Tom Brady, is back in the postseason. Uh, the Bucks struggled all game for this victory, uh, but they were able to pull it off in the end. Evans went off. He had 10 receptions for 207 yards and three touchdowns, two weeks too late for my fantasy team. Thanks a lot. Uh, and Goodwin also added nine receptions for 120 yards. Uh, the Bucks and the Cowboys will very likely face off in two weeks. I will touch about the uh, the Cowboys in a little bit. So they will very likely face off in two weeks in the wild card round. Uh, and I don't care how bad the Bucks have played this year. I don't care how bad the Bucks look on offense. No one wants to face Tom Brady in the postseason, particularly a franchise that can't get it done in the postseason like the Dallas Cowboys. The the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I know they don't seem dangerous. I know a lot of people are going to roll their eyes and be like, like they've been terrible all season, and they have been. There's no question about it. But here's the deal. When it mattered most, this was a game that the Bucs had to have, and Brady put up 30 points. 
Brady and that offense pulled up, put up 30 points. He reconnected with Mike Evans in this game again for three scores. And Chris Godwin was looked back and healthy and where he was a couple of years ago. So I understand that that there's no reason to believe that the Bucs are going to go to the Super Bowl, and I don't think the Bucs are going to go to the Super Bowl. But all I'm saying is this is the team, one of the teams anyway, that you really don't want to face if you're if you're a, a top team. If you're a team that believes that they can make it to the Super Bowl, this is not the team you want to face off in the first or maybe even the second round. In the most shocking news of, of Sunday, the Saints shocked the Eagles 20-10. to 10. Gardner Minshew was 18-32 for 274 yards, one touchdown and a pick. Andy Dalton was 18-22 for 204 yards and an interception. Yeah, this was easily the biggest shocker of the week. I, I don't think it's close. Uh, the Eagles were clearly looking past the Saints and already imagining their first round by. I mean, they pretty much walked onto that field, figured we're going to roll our helmets out there, and because we're the Eagles, we're just going to win. Like they just, they looked terrible the entire game. They couldn't do anything offensively. Clearly, the injuries are starting to pile up and play a role in this team's performance the past couple of weeks. The Eagles are now 0 and 2, and there's no guarantee that Hurts will be available next week against the New York Giants. Now, fortunately for the Eagles and for Eagles fans, the Giants will likely not play their starters next week, given the fact that their playoff fate has already been decided. So it's, you can presume that the Eagles will win and they will get the first round by and they will clinch the NFC East and everyone will be happy. But I said that about the Saints. I figured very much like how I said the Eagles just kind of rolled their helmet, you know, they just kind of walked out there like they were just going to roll their helmets out on the field to win the game. I kind of assumed that myself. I figured, look, the Saints are an inferior opponent. Gardner Minshew played really well against the Cowboys last week. They should be able to handle the Saints no problem at home. And they couldn't do that. Now, I'm not saying that they won't be able to take care of business against the Giants. I do believe that they will. However, if I were an Eagles fan, regardless of what happens next week, I would be extremely nervous entering the postseason. If they can't get healthy, if the Eagles can't get healthy, if Jalen Hurts comes into the playoff game and he's still not 100% because there's no guarantee Hurts is going to play next week. And if I were the Eagles, I probably wouldn't start him. Because from what I've listened to and what I've read about Hertz's injury is it's not something that you can just get over in, in, in a week and a half to two weeks. It's something that can linger for multiple weeks, even up to a month. So I don't know if the Eagles really desperately want to risk Hertz's season off of getting a bye week. And I understand the bye week is huge. Having home field advantage throughout is huge deal. However, I just don't know if you risk your starting quarterback. I mean, if your quarterback and all Eagles fans are telling me that he's the MVP of the league, even though he sat out the last two games and Patrick Mahomes has played much better than he has all season long, as has Joe Burrow. But I've been told that the Jalen Hurts is the MVP of the league. Do you really want to put the MVP of the league out there with with if, if he's the MVP of the league? You guys don't need a bye week. You guys should should be completely fine with him sitting out another week because he's the MVP. So he'll just take you guys to the Super Bowl. See how that works? Can't have it both ways, Eagles fans. I think I think that if the Eagles were smart, they would be sitting Jalen Hurts next week, regardless of the situation. Because if he comes into that postseason game and he is not 100%, the Eagles have no chance. I don't care who they're playing. Clearly, they need Jalen Hurts. If you want to tell me Jalen Hurts is the MVP of the Philadelphia Eagles, absolutely. The Eagles, that offense flies, no pun intended, flies when Hertz is out there at quarterback. So 
again, I, I think the Eagles are, I, if you're an Eagles fan, I would be extremely, extremely concerned heading into the postseason. The Lions stay alive in the playoff hunt. They throttled the Bears 41 to 10. Goff was 21 to 29 for 255 yards and three touchdowns. Justin Fields was 7 to 21 for 75 yards, one touchdown, one pick, and he had 132 rushing yards. The Lions have a chance to finish the season above 500. I know I can't believe it either. They're 8 and 8, and they can clinch a postseason berth with a win next weekend against the Green Bay Packers. Now, as of this recording, they are the seventh seed. Goff continues his incredible season of top 10 quarterback play. Look, Jared Goff has been phenomenal this season. All right. I am somebody who has dogged Goff for years. I thought he was completely overrated when he was a, a Ram. I said, this was this is all smoke and mirrors with Sean McVay. Last year, I looked pretty smart given how poorly he played. But this year, he's playing like he's a top pick. So this look, this team is it's a fun team to watch. Jamal Williams has 144 had 144 rushing yards and a touchdown. DeAndre Swift added 78 yards and a TD. The Bears are a disaster, by the way. I mean, they are just as bad as the Colts are. The Bears are probably worse. And Fields, look, I know Fields puts up incredible fantasy football statistics. Okay, he is he is a top five fantasy football quarterback, no question. I still don't think he's the real deal in the NFL, folks. It's the Ohio State curse. I know people hate hearing it. I know there's a lot of people who say it's the most, it's it's the dumbest thing to say. It's look, man, there is an Ohio State quarterback curse. If you can name me one Ohio State quarterback that came out of Ohio State, don't give me Joe Burrow. I don't want to hear the Joe Burrow thing because I saw that on Twitter last night. Because people are talking about the way CJ Stroud played in the in the semifinal game against Georgia, and everyone's like, oh. And then, you know, there are people who are like, oh, CJ Stroud actually maybe maybe something special in the NFL. And then there are people who are like, absolutely not. It's the Ohio State curse. And, you know, there are people who are like, oh, well, Joe Burrow was an Ohio State quarterback. No, he wasn't. Joe Burrow is an LSU quarterback. He wasn't a starter at Ohio State. There has not been a, a great Ohio State starting quarterback in the NFL in I don't know how many years. So I think Justin Fields is, has continued on with the curse of Ohio State quarterbacks. It Look, the Bears are a problem. They have They have a lot of issues. Do I think that Fields could eventually get better over time? Sure. But he still makes terrible decision-making. Again, he was 7-21. 7-21. I mean, like, again, he can run the ball arguably the best. He, he might be the best running quarterback in football. That there is, there is that possibility. But when it comes to decision-making and making accurate throws, he just can't do it. You just can't do it. And you can't be a successful quarterback in this league if you cannot throw the ball accurately, at least completing 50% of your passes. The Cowboys, going back to Thursday night, real quick. The Cowboys survived the Titans 27 to 13. Dak Prescott was 29 to 41 for 282 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Josh Dobbs, their third string quarterback, was 20 to 39 for 232 yards, one touchdown, and one interception. I'm not talking about the Titans. The Titans are in trouble. All right. I think the Jaguars are going to make the postseason. They took care of business against the Texans this week. Not that that game mattered. Uh, we I talked about it last week. It didn't really matter for the Titans or the Jaguars. They didn't need to win and or lose their football games this week. It, it means nothing for them as far as the postseason is concerned. Their matchup next weekend is for all the marbles. It's for winning the AFC South and then getting bounced out in the first round, likely by the by the LA Chargers. Um, but here's the deal. The Titans are in trouble. They don't have a they don't have a great quarterback. 
Derrick Henry was injured. He didn't play in this ball game. If and if Henry can't play next week, it, it's a wrap as far as I'm concerned. The, the Jaguars could moonwalk their way into the postseason. The Cowboys are in trouble. Okay, the injuries are piling up just like they are for Philly. They're piling up for for the Dallas Cowboys defense, and Dak Prescott cannot be trusted. I understand one of his interceptions was a tip ball. It wasn't his fault. But time and time again, Dak Prescott comes up smaller than Mini-Me in big games. And this wasn't even the biggest game, but it was still a big game for the Cowboys. The Cowboys needed to win this game. They needed to continue that momentum push heading into the postseason. And Dak Prescott kept trying to give the game away to the Titans. They The, the Cowboys should have beaten the Titans by at least three touchdowns. There is no excuse for the game to be as close as it was. It was a, it was a, I believe a six point game going into the third quarter. That's inexcusable. If you're supposed to be an actual Super Bowl contending team, you should be beating down the Tennessee Titans, who had no Derrick Henry, had was down to their third string quarterback. There is no excuse for Dak Prescott, who had all of his star players on offense, minus Tony Pollard to be able to put up points against the Tennessee Titans team. No excuse. I'm sorry. There's just none. So, again, another team going into the postseason that's very likely going to be one and done is the Dallas Cowboys. Because, like I said earlier in in this episode, they have to play, very likely, they're going to be playing Tom Brady and the Buccaneers in the first round. Good luck to you. You get to go to Tampa Bay, and you get to hang out with Michael Myers for an afternoon. Good luck. Because you're very likely going to be one and done. Looking ahead to Monday Night Football, we got the Bills at the Bengals. The Bills are a one-and-a-half-point favorite. This is a massive game for the for the Buffalo Bills. This is it. Okay, I know the Bills play the, the Patriots next week. Season's not over. But this is it for the Bills. If the Bills win this game, because the Bills can beat the Patriots, that the, the Patriots are – I understand the Patriots won this week. Congratulations. They, they beat the, the Miami Dolphins, who were down to their third-string quarterback themselves – because Teddy Bridgewater injured his hand in the third quarter of that game. The Patriots barely survived against Miami at all. The Bills will be able to take care of business against the New England Patriots next week. This game for the Bills is for the number one seed. It is for what the whole point of, of this season for the, for the Bills, in my opinion, was for the Bills to be able to get the one seed, get the first round by, and have home field advantage throughout. Because otherwise, it's going to go back to Kansas City. And as Nick Wright, who I cannot stand, but it is a funny line, as he calls it, the Arrowhead Invitational, which is pretty much what the AFC postseason has become. Because since Patrick Mahomes has become the starter, the Kansas City Chiefs, have been hosting playoff games. Patrick Mahomes has yet, not one time in his career, has he had to play on the road in the postseason, which is a pretty phenomenal feat. I will give him that. If the Bills lose this game, they lose home field advantage, and they're going to have to go to Kansas City. Very likely, they will have to go to Kansas City and face off against the Chiefs for a chance to go to the Super Bowl. The other thing that sucks about not getting the number one seed is you very likely have to play the Bengals in the divisional round. Of course, if you make it that far, but assuming you do, you have to face off the Bengals in the second. I do like the Bengals are the last team you want to face in the second round. Okay. Cause in my opinion, 
that's the, that's the play here. The play is to get the one seed so you avoid the Bengals. I mean, to me, that's that's the biggest that, that's the biggest key of this whole thing. And I understand that the Bills have to play the Bengals obviously tomorrow night, but you want to avoid them as, as you do not want to have to face off against this team unless it is for the AFC Championship game. Then obviously it's a different story. But if you can avoid them up until that point in time, that that's the play. That's where you want to be. So look, I'm taking the Bills. I would take the Bills. If you're betting it, I would take the Bills minus the one and a half. I think the Bills pulled this game out by the skin of their teeth. I think the Bengals and the Bills are the two best teams in the AFC. Yes, I, the, the Chiefs have struggled. No one's talking about it. Everyone's been very silent about the Chiefs. The Chiefs have struggled now against the Denver Broncos two out of the past three weeks. Now, mind you, the Denver Broncos got throttled by the Los Angeles Rams on Christmas Day. They got absolutely embarrassed. They played so poorly that they fired Nathaniel Hackett the next day. Okay. They have struggled against the Denver Broncos two out of the last three weeks, and they struggled against the Houston Texans. The Kansas City Chiefs are not playing their best football heading into January. Both the Bills and the Bengals have been playing great over the past five to six weeks. So to me, these are the two best teams in the AFC. This is like a, it, this is th- this has the potential again to be an AFC championship game, which would be incredible if it is. It would be awesome. But the Bills have to have this game. I've I've been a Josh Allen defender. I have been a staunch Josh Allen defender. And I love Joe Burrow. I love me some Joe Burrow. But this is the game that Josh Allen has to show up. He has been inconsistent all season long. He took himself out of the MVP conversation weeks back. He's kind of clawed himself back into it. But I mean, he's he's a distant fourth or fifth option for MVP. This is the game where he needs to not look if he turns the ball over. If he makes stupid, errant throws in the red zone, the Bills will lose this football game. He has to protect the football and make smart plays. And Josh Allen is completely capable of doing this. I think that, like I said, I think the Bills pull this game out. The other thing to look at, too, is how the Bengals have been playing. Now, the Bengals have been coming out on fire in the first half of a lot of games. And then they completely just fall asleep in the second half. You saw it last week against New England. You saw them struggle when they were playing Kansas City. They get up, they get up into a lead, and then all of a sudden they they like take their foot off the gas in the second half. They haven't played a, a complete game of football in quite some time. Now, again, they've played well. They've been winning football games. You can't take anything away from them. But they need to play a complete game. If the Bengals play a complete game of football, I, it, there's the argument to be made that they're the best team in the league. They're that good. They are that lethal, both offensively and defensively. Now, I know that they have they they have an injury on their offensive line. That could that could cause a problem. But again, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens on Monday night. But like I said, if you're betting the game, I would take the Bills minus the one and a half. I feel I I don't feel great about it, but I feel strong enough about it. I think that because of how important this game is, the Bills will find a way to pull it out. All right, everyone, that's going to do it for this edition of the NFL Takeover Podcast brought to you by the Takeover Sports Network. Be sure to hit that subscribe button and that notification bell so that you don't miss any of the other great shows we have for you here on the network. You can check out this show also wherever you get your podcast, Apple, Spotify, Google Play, wherever it is. Please download, subscribe, rate, and review, all that good stuff. I'd really appreciate it. And I will be back midweek to break down all 
of the midweek stories from around the league. And we'll also preview uh, Thursday Night Football, the last Thursday Night Football of the year. So until then, I hope you all be well. Stay safe, and I'll talk to you all again on Thursday.